Welcome to our online streaming service. Uh, we're so glad that you joined us this morning. We want to remind you of a couple of things. Um, you'll see there on by our video screen, there is a digital bulletin, and there is also a digital giving link. We want you to know that we are at the end of the year, and we have not reached our goal yet, but we know that all things are possible with God and through your generosity. We want to thank you so much for your support and your generosity through 2019. But we're at the end of the year. We're at our last push. And we are asking you, as God has put on your heart, to help us make our goal so we can continue to support the local, national, and global ministries that Door Creek Church has been involved with. So thank you again for your generosity. You have truly been a blessing to all that we are doing here. So we're going to enjoy a few announcements and then we're going to come back and we're going to get into the word of God. Again, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Well, hey there, everybody. I'm Drew and welcome to Door Creek Church. We're so glad that you can be here with us today, especially if it's your first time. Before we go to the message, we want to give you a look at some of the things that are coming up for you and your family. If you're new, we would love for you to fill out our digital communication card by texting GUEST to 608-588-8586. We want to connect you to what's going on here at Door Creek Church. And again, that number is 608-588-8586. You will receive a link to our simple online communication card. As we come to the end of the year, it's common for many of us to start asking ourselves what it means to have a healthy 2020. A healthy part of our spiritual lives is walking alongside of others who are seeking to understand what it means to draw near Jesus. At Door Creek, we believe that our lives are meant to be lived in community and not in isolation. One way to do this is through a small group. In small groups, we care for each other, praying, studying the Bible, encouraging each other, and taking steps to grow in our faith journey. Starting in January, we'll have many opportunities to get into some type of small group, life groups, alpha classes like Discovering Christianity, women's or men's Bible studies, care groups, and more. Group Up is an easy way to get into small groups, and it's at every campus starting on the weekends of January 11th and 12th through January 18th and 19th. Group Up tables will be set up in the atrium or open areas at each campus after services. And if you'd like to see a full listing of groups, you can check out the new Grow Guide online at doorcreekchurch.org slash growguide, or grab one next week from the Welcome Center of your campus. We rely on your gifts to continue to do ministry. As we come to the close of 2019, don't forget that you can easily give online at doorcreekchurch.org slash give. Or, if you'd rather, send your check in the mail with a postmark date of December 31st for giving. Thank you so much for your generosity and actually being a part of what God is doing through this place. The phrase, the struggle is real, brings to mind the frustrating setbacks or situations that we live with daily. We can all think about commonplace struggles that can impact all aspects of our lives. Jesus wants us to have a full, abundant life, a life that is spiritually joy-filled and satisfying, even during the struggles. Join us for the new message series, The Struggle is Real, starting next week, as the teaching team unpacks spiritual, relational, physical, and emotional health, helping us find healthy living. Thanks for joining us online today. If you have questions about anything you've heard here, or just want to find out more about the church, contact us at info at doorcreekchurch.org. Now, we're going to finish the Christmas in Isaiah series with a short message from Pastor David.
Welcome back. Again, for you that might have just joined us, I'm Pastor David, one of the pastors here at Door Creek Church, and you are here live stream at our service here this morning. So thank you so much for joining us. We are continuing our series in Christmas in Isaiah, and today we're going to be coming from the 61st chapter of Isaiah, and we're going to be talking about his ministry and our ministry. So we're going to jump right into the word of God and um, 61, chapter 61, starting at verse one. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. First of all, let's understand what the sovereign Lord is. This is the supreme authority. This is the the, the owner, the, the creator and the uh, he possesses all things. The sovereign Lord, it gets no greater and no higher than that. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. All right. Anointed me. This is not a rub or a sprinkle. This is the indwelling spirit. This is God's ability working through the prophet Isaiah is about 700 years or so before Christ would come. He is prophesying about Christ's ministry, about the spirit of the Lord, about the anointing of God, the approval and authority of God that will be upon him. And this is what he says to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. All right. So we're going to see here this first proclamation. There are three proclamations that we're going to find in these uh, in these scriptures. The first proclamation is to proclaim the good news to the poor. What is the good news? The good news is Jesus Christ, his saving power, his delivering power that he came to die for all and to save all. This is the good news. Who are the poor? The poor means being without. It means you're poor. You're poor in hope. You're poor in peace. You're poor in strength. You're poor in life. You you don't have the things that you need to make it through life. So he's bringing good news through his word, through his through the gospel of Jesus Christ to the poor. Now, we were all in that boat. We were all on that boat. We were all poor. We were poor in our sins. But Christ is anointed and he's proclaiming this good news so that we could be free. Proclaim the good news to the poor, sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Yes, to heal the brokenhearted. Remember, Israel had been through suffering. Israel had been through devastation. And Christ is coming to restore. He's coming to renew and he's come, coming to reconcile Israel back to God. So to proclaim and to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal our broken heart. Second pro proclamation is to proclaim freedom for the captives. Sin held us captive. We weren't our own. We had a master which is called sin. And Christ is proclaiming that we are now free from captivity. He has brought us back into relationship with him through his blood. And to release from darkness for the prisoners. Here's the third proclamation. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is Jubilee. This is when all debts were, were forgiven. This is when slaves were set free. So he's proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. I don't know about you, but I need and I want God's favor. So his favor means that he's freeing us from the debt of sin. He is freeing us from being enslaved to sin. He is freeing us so that we would have a jubilant and a jubilee, a jubilant relationship with him. So this is the year of his favor. And then it talks about and the day of vengeance of our God. This is to come 
and to uh, 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 to um, avenge, avenge all our enemies who have who have held us down, who have scattered us, who have taken us into captivity when we are in exile. He is now coming for the day of vengeance. Now, I love this because he talks about the year of his favor, but only a day of his vengeance. It just lets us know God's favor is much greater than his vengeance, that he focuses more on his favor than he does his vengeance to comfort all that mourn. Now, this is Christ. This is Christ delivering us. He is undoing the damage that sin has caused. Let me share something with you. Sin impoverishes. Sin causes brokenness. Sin makes captives. Sin separates us from God. And as Paul said in the New Testament, when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Now, we're not talking about physical death. We're talking about spiritual death, which is separation from God. And this is where Israel, well, they were separated from God. And Christ, through his ministry of being anointed and proclaiming the gospel, the good news to us, the poor, the prisoners, we are now brought back and reconciled with him. That's good news, folks. That's good news. That's something to rejoice about. So here he is to comfort us who mourn. Sin causes us to mourn. It brings us great grief because, again, we are not in relationship with Christ. So it comforts us who mourn. It provides for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Well, ashes represented mourning. Ashes represented grief. And Christ is coming to give an exchange. He's given us a crown of beauty for our ashes. And it says the oil of joy instead of mourning. He's given us the oil of joy, which represents the anointing still, the anointing, the oil of joy. So we don't have to be distressed. So we don't have to be down and, and depressed. We can have the joy, the everlasting joy, the unspeakable joy in Christ Jesus. And a garment of praise instead of, of a spirit of despair. So he's dressing us, he's robing us with a garment of praise instead of carrying around and wearing around our spirit of heaviness or despair. He says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And his splendor is simply his glory, his glory. Now you would think Isaiah's prophesying about this coming king. Why would a king and all of his majesty and all of his glory be interested in the poor or be interested in prisoners, interested in those who mourn. Well, Christ is unlike any other king. He cares about what we're suffering. He cares about what we go through. He cares about our strife and he cares about our pain. He cares about our hurt. And this king is freeing us from the bondage and the imprisonment of sin. We're not talking about a physical prison. We're talking about invisible prisons. When we are imprisoned by our own um, lack of confidence or our own lack of self-esteem or our own lack of our, our, our fear, the things that we do, our lack of faith and our lack of hope, we are imprisoned by those things. And Christ is making the announcement that we can be free, hallelujah, from those things. So we are free indeed because Christ has freed us. That's his ministry to let us know to make the announcement, to proclaim that we are free through his word. 
So the garment of praise or the spirit of heaviness, we will be called oaks of righteousness or the planning of the Lord to display his glory. And this is our ministry. This is what we'll do. It says we will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities. So we have something to do also. Christ anoints us. He proclaims us. Now we must spread this news. We must go and begin to rebuild, restore and renew. This is our ministry. This is our calling. This is for us to spread the good news to the poor, to those that we live around who are who are hopeless, to those who are in prison, who are imprisoned by their own fears. We are to speak this word so they can be rebuilt, renewed and restored. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards and you will be called priests of the Lord. Now, priests of the Lord. Priests are the mouthpiece of the people to speak to God. So we can speak to God on behalf of the people because he has made us priests of the Lord. And we will be named ministers of our God. Minister is simply a servant. We will serve God in the capacity in which he has called us. You will be you will feed on the wealth of the nations and in the riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. I like this because he'll give us double for our trouble. He will give us double for our trouble. So we will receive a double portion of our shame. Now, I don't know about you, but I've experienced lots of shame in my life. And to think that God delivered me from my shame, he will give me double blessings for the shame that I have suffered through. Isn't that a blessing? You can say amen on that because that's a blessing that the shame that we've suffered, God has taken it from us. And instead of your disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. Wow. We will rejoice. We will inherit a double portion in our land. Again, God gives us double. He restores. He reconciles. He renews. He rejuvenates. He regenerates. God is in the regeneration business and we are honored. We are thankful to God that he has allowed us to build what has been torn down, to rebuild what has been torn down, to renew what has become dead and to be called his priests and his ministers and to rejoice in our inheritance. We don't have to beg for it. He gives us our inheritance and we will inherit everlasting joy. What is everlasting joy? That means even the troubles that I face in life can't take away my joy. Even the struggles that I face in life can't take away my joy. His joy is everlasting. We're not talking about a happiness. We're talking about a joy, something that's inside, something that we know that God is forever for us and with us. That causes a joy, an unspeakable joy. He gives us the garment. And I like the spiritual wardrobe that he dresses us in. A garment of praise, a garment of salvation and righteous, a robe of righteousness. Now, Isaiah talks about our robes. He talks about our righteousness. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. So we don't wear around our righteousness. We wear the robe of his righteousness. So we are blessed in this wardrobe of salvation, these garments that we have, a garment of joy, a garment of peace, a garment of strength, a garment of faith, a garment of power. We wear these because Christ has dressed us in this. He goes on that he's 
with his anointing, with his ability that he has given us, it allows us to understand that although sin is ever around us, we know that we have victory over the devastation of sin. Many times we blame the devil, we blame the serpent, we blame the enemy. Say, oh, the enemy has separated us from God. In Adam and Eve, we think about the story, but it wasn't the serpent that separated us from God. It was sin. It was sin. It was the decision to sin that separated us from God. So if sin separates us from God. Only faith can reconcile and bring us back to God. Sin separates, faith reconciles. So we have faith in God, faith through Jesus Christ, faith in the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, that we can be reconciled back in right relationship with God. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful that now we don't have to carry around the yoke of bondage? We have been freed. We are no longer shackled and chained. No more fetters. We have been freed by the power, the sovereign Lord, the Christ, the anointed one. He goes on and lets us know that we are greatly rejoicing in him. Our souls rejoicing in God. He has clothed us. He has he has given us. Um, he's adorned us with jewels and we are blessed. In the last verse, it says the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. Goes back to that title, the sovereign Lord. It comes back. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. It closes with the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. He blesses us before all nations. As David said, in even in the midst of my enemies, you prepare a table. See, God doesn't have to bless us in secret. He blesses us in the midst of our enemies, in the midst of the nations. Praise and righteousness will spring up. So we have here his ministry is to proclaim, to anoint us. Our ministry is to spread the news. Jesus goes on in Luke. He closes it out. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. I love this. It says that after he read, he gave the scroll and he sat down. Basically, he dropped the mic. He sat down after he read those words. And now, people of God, we are anointed to announce. We are positioned to proclaim. We are called to comfort and we are empowered to encourage. So let's go out there and let's spread the good news that Jesus Christ lives and he wants you to live. If you're out there and you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior, I want you to give your life to the Lord. As we pray this prayer, repeat these words, because the Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe with our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Will you repeat these words after me? Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. And thank you again so much for joining us. We truly do appreciate. And again,
we'd love to know if you accepted Christ in your life. But as we end this year, you still have time. You still have time to, for your end of the year giving. So we can continue to provide the support and the resources to, throughout the communities, what we do through our Door of Hope program on the north side of Madison, what we do in Haiti, what we do in Rwanda, in Honduras, what we do um, in helping in meal packing. We need your support to help us reach our goal for the end of the year. So we pray, we are expecting, anticipating God to move on your heart to help us reach our goal. Thank you so much for your generosity and for supporting Door Creek Church. We love you. God bless you. And thank you for joining us this morning.